0: Welcome to Mercola Healthy Pets Integrative Veterinary Medicine Awareness Week. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and as a part of our 10-year anniversary celebration, I'll be interviewing some pretty amazing colleagues who practice integrative and functional medicine. Starting this week, you can also nominate your vet or a local rescue or an inspiring individual in your community to be the recipient of our new Healthy Pets Game Changer Award. I hope that you'll tune in every day this week to be inspired and educated by passionate healers from around the world. And don't forget to nominate that special someone that you know that has gone above and beyond to help animals. Again, thank you so much for your support. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker. And as a part of our Integrative Veterinary Awareness Week, I have a fantastic integrative veterinarian from South Africa with me, Dr. Tanya Grantham. And thank you, Dr. Tanya, for joining me.
1: Thank you, Dr. Karen.
0: It's uh, really a pleasure and an honor. It was so exciting. So tell our viewers and listeners or readers a little bit about what inspired you to become a veterinarian and Mm -hmm. your evolution after veterinary school into the really unique type of practice that you're in right now.
1: Okay, so I was growing up on a farm in Africa. I had a farm in Africa and... um, I was was five years old and I rescued a lizard from the dogs. And when my father came home that night, I said to him, I'm gonna be a vet. And so the next 20 years of my life were spent fulfilling that dream. And um, when I left vet school, I moved into, or started working in a conventional small animal veterinary practice, which I worked at and then owned um, for a total of 13 years. During sort of the last three years, uh, my own health um, took a turn for the worse, and it prompted me to sell, which got me into the integrative stuff. But prior to that, I'd been doing a number of surgeries on my patients, mostly dogs, and some of the medial patellas, you know, repaired well, others didn't. Same with the cruciates, same with the hips. And so I started to question, why did some recover and some didn't, number one, and number two, how could I improve the outcome for more of my patients? So I'd already started to investigate hydrotherapy. So that was sort of the late 1990s. Um, And rehabilitation or physical rehabilitation was really coming, starting in the Northern Hemisphere at that stage. And so that's how I got into um, signing up at the University of Tennessee. And the rest is history. Once I, I sold my practice and, Once I was healed, and I am, thank you, I'm very grateful for that, Um, I opened a physical rehabilitation facility for dogs and cats, and that's where I am
0: now. So, so interesting. So first of all, good for you for sometimes the universe deals us physical issues that force us to stop and address Mm -hmm. our our own health. Um, I'm thankful that you took the time that you needed to physically recover. I think oftentimes... Especially veterinarians, we oftentimes deny our own well-being, our own physical, emotional, or spiritual well-being, because we just don't think that there's time. But really, how effective of a healer can we be if we ourselves aren't necessarily healed? So good for you for for focusing on yourself and making sure that you are in a state to be able to continue on. That's awesome. Here, when you. you were first investigating physical therapy. And, you know, this is something that I find interesting in the human realm. If humans undergo knee surgery or hip surgery, physical therapy is is not just automatic. We know that it helps with pain, it improves outcomes, it improves long-term well-being and health span. Why do you think it is, Tanya, that that's not necessarily the case in veterinary medicine, that I feel like there could be a little bit of a gap between mm. veterinarians understanding the depth and breadth of how important physical therapy is, not just post-surgery, but as a modality for dramatically improving health and well-being. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a very good question and a very valid one. Um, firstly, I think as, as, Western veterinarians, we want research and we want um, what we prescribe to our um, pet parents or for our patients to be um, proven. And the the research is coming for for physiotherapy and the effects of physical therapy in the animal realm. But 20 years ago, it wasn't there. And there's still not the same amount of research available in the animal realm as in as in the human realm. So I think that's the that that's often what I hear. Oh, but there's no proof. Yeah. Um that's and interest In the moment the moment you go, but it's been proven in human therapies, no, they're not the same. So I, I'm I'm not certain. I think I think there's a um unless you've been exposed to the effects of physiotherapy, I don't think you're necessarily aware of it. Yeah. Unless you are an athlete, I also don't think you're necessarily aware of the benefits of movement and exercise, mm-hmm. and how badly you're affected when you are not mobile. Yeah, um, and I think the same applies to our to our animal companions. Mm-hmm. Um, and thirdly, I think that there is an element of well, there's an element of not knowing, mm-hmm. so the information is not being. Um, distributed adequately or there's not enough of it and because our colleagues don't know uh, I think there's a fear factor as well like oh will it won't it what if I look like a fool if I prescribe this and so I think that's a that's a whole element on its own as well
0: you know when I went to veterinary school 25 years ago they talked about exercise being important but at least just in terms of what i can recall i didn't have specific guidelines about how much exercise what type of exercise they generally said of course you know diet and nutrition and exercise are important for managing primarily weight is what i was taught 25 years ago hmm. but there's so much more to that how wh- what has the reception been when you started your your practice focusing on maintaining the musculoskeletal health, but also managing pain, a massive issue in and of itself. Has your reception been warm in your environment or what's the temperature of the veterinarians understanding really the depth and breadth of what you're doing in South Africa?
1: Yeah, so the responses, I mean, I officially opened this practice in 2009. So it's going on for 12 years. And it's in the same area in which I had my own practice. So I made very certain that I didn't do any standard veterinary work when I opened. So I was not to be viewed as a competitor. And most of my patients at that time actually came from word of mouth and from my past clients. And I made it a policy to communicate with my colleagues. Every time I saw a patient, I found out from which practice it it originated, and I sent them an email or I phoned them. um, And then after six to eight weeks, I sent them a progress report. And gradually, with time, there's been, I would say, more than maybe 60, 65% of the vets are now open to me prescribing physical rehabilitation and pain management. Some of them are still a bit skeptical about acupuncture, um, but now more of my referrals come from vets than they do from word of mouth. It's, so over a decade, it's changed.
0: That's super inspiring for me to hear. That's exactly why that, that's one of my goals of this awareness week is to offer conventional vets that maybe have apprehensions or don't even know about the amazing things that integrative medicine can offer and and really physical therapy physio isn't i mean physio to me is just kind of a uh, i don't want to say mandatory but it's something that that i feel so strongly about in terms of dramatically improving health span and potentially lifespan um so so talk to me a little bit about uh what some what your passion is right now would you say that you have that as a professional, you have evolved over the last decade as you opened your practice, or where, where is your passion flowing right now?
1: Um, absolutely. Um, it's certainly not what I anticipated for the 20 years that I worked towards becoming a vet. And even when I qualified, my driving force then when I was younger was, I really want to make the animals feel better. And, and that hasn't changed. That is still fundamental. But what I've discovered after spending 30 to 45 minutes with patients and clients repeatedly, regularly, once a week, twice a week, is that I have a passion for um, empowering people. And I really would like them to be informed. I, I firmly believe that the more information we have, the more options we have, the more likely it is, the more empowered we definitely feel, but the more likely it is that we're gonna make a decision that suits us as a family or as a person and my animal or my companion or my pet that fills the role within that family. And it's it's incredible how many, I mean, I think intervertebral disc disease is always controversial. And we have a situation here where often the clients find me quite by accident and they have been given an option of surgery or euthanasia. And neither one of those is palatable to them as the parent. They find me, I would say in 80% of those cases, we get a result. Mm -hmm. Does the dog walk perfectly? No, not always, but we manage pain and the dog is functional and the dog is still very much a part of the family. And so it's really, um, it's education on on the level of the public and the pet-owning public, and it's education on the level of my colleagues. Um, that's really, I think that's my driving force at the moment.
0: <laughs> so good. And you know what I'm hearing you say, Tanya, is that communication, how you started your practice to try and manage Um, apprehensions from your colleagues is um, excellent clear and direct communication Mm. and your passion still is excellent clear compassionate communication that facilitates a knowledge base that empowers owners to make good decisions through having enough knowledge outside of maybe what they um knew was available so you're providing this tremendous resource are you um Are you, in terms of you fulfilling your your passion, uh, in addition to communication and establishing those relationships with your clients? Talk to me a little bit about purpose.
1: You know that's way bigger than being a vet. Um, My purpose every single day is to be the best version of me that I can be, and if that means assisting. However many patients come through my doors with the humans that also come through my doors um, then then that is it and it it will all return to me because ultimately we're all connected and that connection, whatever I do that is the best version of me goes out into the universe and we all are one it's going to come back um i don't it, I don't know if that's really it's my it is my purpose is every single day I get up. And I say, what am I going to do today? I'm going to make a difference. And then I get up and go out there and do the best I can.
0: So good. So good. And would you say um, if you could depart one idea or thought or um, insight to both your, the veterinarians around you, conventional or integrative or otherwise to the other professionals or to pet parents, Tanya, what, what would you, what would you like to share?
1: I think to, to the vets out there, I would like to say that moving into this sphere following on from my illness has allowed me to manage my time in terms of appointments. It has given me more fulfillment, Than I thought possible. And um, I'm still doing what essentially, fundamentally, I wanted to do, which was help the animals. And so, when we're living in an era of compassion fatigue and burnout and all of those new age diseases, if you like, um, the more you can diversify and the more you have available to you, the greater your range and the greater your choices and therefore you're less likely to actually falter.
0: So good. So good. And, and so true. Um, You're, you, you are providing good insights because you have learned them through your own personal trials and tribulations. But out of that, you have carved out a niche that allows you to care for yourself well, but obviously care for your patients and their family units as well. So what you're doing is inspirational, um, incredibly important. Uh, and I hope, that, I hope that the people listening and reading about what you're doing uh, can recognize this incredible value and necessary um, need for not only movement therapy, but for making sure that you're in a space as a practitioner to be able to best be of service to those around you. And it looks like you've done that exceptionally well. I appreciate you sharing your insights with us.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Karen. It's been it's been a pleasure.